Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast by Knowing Hospitality, the show that deconstructs and demystifies the inner workings of the hotel industry. Here's your host, Adam Knights. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. My guest today has a lot of titles, so I'll get right through them here. Will Slickers is host of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, founder of Stay Lux, a vacation rental management company in the Pacific Northwest, and he's the creator of the Destination Air Award. He's got a foot in the hotel world and a foot in the vacation rental world. He's got great perspective on what's going on in the industry, and I think you're going to get a lot out of the episode today. And what we've done this time, just like an episode a little while back, we're co-branding this podcast here. So it's going to come out on uh, the Slick Talk podcast as well. He asked some questions about hotels. I talked to him about vacation rentals, and we just try to make some sense of what's going on in hospitality writ large right now. So that's enough preamble. Let's just get right to the show. Will Slicker's on the podcast talking about vacation rentals, hospitality, and a whole bunch of other things. I hope you enjoy the show. Good to see you. You too. It's been way too long, but I'm glad that we've kept in touch. Yeah, I'd say welcome to the show, but I'm also on your show right now. Right? Yeah, so welcome to the show, each other. We just yeah. shake our hands. <laughs> Both of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, I lost count. How many podcasts have we done together now? This is uh, we, three we did four. three. We did yeah, three. three. Early days, though, first. Like yeah. Time. Yeah. Um, you were actually my first official industry guest Love it. ever, yeah. ever. And look at you now. I know. Right. You put me <laughs> on the map. I'm just saying I, you, 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 your, your episode was so good. You're too kind. It, no, it's seriously like, that's the comment I get a lot is a lot of people that listen to early days. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What got, I'm like, what episode got you? And they're like, Oh, how to become a hotel manager with that. Oh, Adam nice. guy. And I was like, Oh, that's like the best episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was uh that feels like a, uh, a lifetime ago. I was, yeah. uh, I was, I'm in Seattle now. I was still living in San Francisco at the time. Um, and yeah, that's, that's a couple of years ago almost now. So yeah, uh, um, almost three. And the, uh, the question is still relevant. Uh, why do you want to be a hotel manager? I mean, especially exactly. in these times, but you know what, I guess we'll get to that in this show. Yeah, for sure. No, it's some point. such a good, such a good series. And so, yeah, I'm glad. And now you're in my neck of the woods and yep. We're, uh, we're closer. So definitely, I think uh, a beer or a coffee is needed. Anytime. As soon as we're allowed to get out of our houses. Yeah. You know, we'll just stay like 12 feet apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, so I want to kick off uh, my portion of the show. Anyway, for sure. Uh, for, for the Proven Principles podcast. Um, you, you developed something earlier this year called uh, the Destination Air. And you put together the Destination Air Awards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think without stealing your thunder. Actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to preamble it at all. For anybody who doesn't know what it is and how it came to be, why don't you give us the background story on it? Um, I will try not to go super long. It's kind of long. It's been a flourish of like events and stuff that have happened throughout the years. Obviously, um, I started out in the hotel industry like you. Um, was a young, ambitious hotel manager, love revenue, operations, marketing, you name it guest experience. Um, so podcast took off and started a luxury vacation rental management company here in the Pacific Northwest. And so what that turned into was a big shift in my podcast um, when it came to content regarding hotels, vacation rentals, restaurants, you name it. Um, and so there was a lot of conversations that have been happening uh, throughout the industry. Um, a lot of people go hotels versus vacation rentals. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that's very much we can learn so much from each other. And so I, I'm, I'm very neutral on both. I love them. Um, I'm always a hotel guy. Like people always ask me, do you stay in vacation rentals or hotels? I'm like, depends, <laughs> uh, depends on my budget and usually right. a bunch of other things, but I like hotels and I like vacation rentals. There's a good time for both. Um, so long story short with my company, we were coming up, you know, with the marketing and branding and stuff like that. And like, what do we really do? You know, we're, we're not going to be like every luxury vacation rental company out there that says we do this and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found the commonality of what our properties have and they are in weird spots in the Pacific Northwest that you would not mm-hmm. consider a destination. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what, we, we exceed expectations by creating destinations and, and we loved that model. And so, um, you know, rewind a few, uh, maybe a year, uh, yeah, a year back, 
I did a series, a 10 episode series, vacation rental mastermind series, and talked with the biggest industry heads, pioneers that, you know, have been in this space. And there's a lot of conversations that happened. And of course, COVID, you know, definitely made a lot of other stuff, you know, go into, into play. Uh, but one conversation in particular was with Jeremiah Gall, who's the head of Breezeway. He found FlipKey, which sold to um, TripAdvisor. Mm-hmm. So very, very knowledgeable, smart guy. And he goes, you know, property manager or, you know, vacation rental manager is not a sexy term. It doesn't really describe what we do. You know, like hotel manager, that you you manage a hotel, but it doesn't really describe what we do on a daily basis, right? right. So he and I were like, maybe we can come up with a word for this episode that will better describe it. And we tried and we couldn't really think of anything, but that never left my mind like at all. Like I was like, what the hell is it? Why can't I find a (laughs) word for it? And then I had another conversation with uh, a mentor of mine, a buddy who, well, not a buddy, a uh, employer. When I moved to the Oregon coast, he hired me at his hotel and manages restaurants and other stuff like that. Um, We became good friends after I left the company and I was talking with him and he goes, you know, we are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, holy crap, Mm -hmm. that is something like I, that just like fit everything I've been thinking about, like what we do, Mm -hmm. you know, we are people that are wired to create remarkable experiences. Yeah. So it's like that got me thinking, got the wheels turning. And so I sat down with my, you know, trusted pen and paper and I just started writing down words. I just, you know, what, I start, I wrote down um, experiences, moments, and other things that kind of made this term. And I was like, destination. And I really loved it, the word destination. I was like, okay. And then it kind of goes with our model. Anyways, long story short, yeah, destination air was created. And so um, a destination air for all the listeners is a person or a company mm-hmm. that is wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just giving it a definition, um, I broke it down into multiple segments. So what does a destination air do? And so, you know, Bill's direct brand loyalty um, definitely puts the team and guest safety first and the experience first and leads selflessly and, and does find things that are unique and different and showcases them and then really leans into their local community. I think that's so key. Mm. And we're seeing a lot of success with in COVID-19 is the people that have built local ecosystems yeah. are thriving because they're keeping each other, uh, you know, safe, not safe, but they're keeping each other, you know, united in a, in a big forefront. And right. um, so instead of, and to wrap up the story, instead of saying, this is what we do, we are destination heirs. You should look at our brand and blah, 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 our company. Um, I said, you know what, this theory, this concept has to be, there, there's gotta be people doing it. I just don't know of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I put it out there. I connected with every single one of my biggest sponsors on the show and just people that I've really gotten connected that are deep in the industry and said, this is the concept. This is what I want to do. If you know anybody that fits it, please nominate them, share it, do this. And we uh, launched the award in, um, I would say, March, April, May, June, in June, no, Mm -hmm. July. And it um, ended in August and we announced the winner August 10th. And we had over 50 nominations around the world, Um, Italy, South Africa, Spain, London, America, all over America, just crazy places that I've never heard of too. And I was like, okay, the concept is is real. The people are real. Yeah. So that's kind of like a long story short. I love it. I mean, it's, it's not such a, it's a, it's a title. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. it's, it's something I think in these times that are so hard in hospitality and yeah. whether you're talking hotels, restaurants, or vacation rentals, yeah, there's a lot to be down about right now. We need things to celebrate and to remind mm-hmm. us, you know, what it is about this industry that, that, you know, frankly might want to keep you in it, yeah. right. As we sort of go through the next, you know, who knows how long all this is going to be going on. Um, so I know, I, I mean, big hats off to you, man, for creating this. I think there's, there's a huge amount of value to it. Well, and like you said, I think when COVID hit, a lot of us got hit pretty hard. A lot of hotels, a lot of vacation rentals, tons of restaurants, everyone's been hit. But those who are still you know, thriving and surviving right now, mm-hmm. they are putting their head down and hustling and bustling. They're not getting that spotlight. And I think you and I both know this from being a podcaster, especially in hospitality, is either ourselves or our guests on the show get the spotlights all the time. And they're yep. big companies or big people in the industry. So it's like, 
they're always in the spotlight versus these guys they're in the trenches right now and they never get it as much and so mm-hmm. creating something that really kind of made them see like hey we're watching you we see you we yeah. got you like thank you for doing what you do and setting that standard and really yeah. helping us be encouraged so, so you you've chosen the winner yeah we did yeah? are you and yeah. you do you want to talk about give a story a little bit about you know who rose to the top and it was a hard decision it was a very hard decision i think after i me so i asked a couple of guest judges to help me out and kind of give me their nominations of who they thought out of the 50 plus that were were submitted um and they did and they gave me the reasons why and i considered it but we delve in deep into every single company uh google reviews airbnb reviews listing mm-hmm. reviews like i i got in like i found i found in the like weeds yeah yeah <laughs> And, um, so we, we picked five winners and, um, so winner number one, excuse me. Um, winner number one is Tim from Ovo network and they're based out in the French Alps and they just created remarkable experiences for their guests. They're kind of, they're not kind of, they're in the luxury segment. Um, so obviously it's a little bit different than your, you know, mom and pop type of property management company, but they just, they met every standard. They built their own software that really is all about getting their guests to come back and book direct and, and oh, wow. be loyal to the, the brand and to the Holy grail of yeah. hotels. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, second place, we had Ellie Padgett on Arizona who I'm actually going to fly out to tomorrow. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she just is an amazing badass woman who has been through a lot and she's had a very extensive career in being a chef and all these other things going into hotels. And, and she created this amazing company that is all about being a slice of home. She wants mm. every single property that they bring on, um, which they have over 150 and she wants every single one to feel like a slice of home. Mm-hmm. And so she just really fit that guest experience, uh, expectation that I think we should all be you know, observing. Mm-hmm. Um, Number three was Bob Gardner out in Italy. They have six luxury Italian apartments with pools and farmland and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so they, all these people have the same things in common. They, they fit the standard of a destination air, mm-hmm. um, you know, brand loyalty, guest reviews, all these, all these things. Right. Nice. Yeah. And, um, so Bob, and then there's Robin Craig out in Colorado, who I just got off the phone with as well before this interview. Mm-hmm. And um, again, just amazing um, places in Springboat, um, Colorado and Vail and just amazing chalets and villas and stuff like that. And then there's Jessica out in California, who um, is was a single mom. She just got married, actually. Um, single mom of two girls. And she had their, her girls involved in the whole company. They fix fridges and take guest reservations and bookings and just the whole, that community aspect she Mm -hmm. nailed. And so, um, it was just really cool to to get to know them and to talk to them and see all this stuff come into fruition. Yeah. So inaugural year. Yeah. Year two. Yeah. I mean, you gotta start ramping up. Yeah. Sets the bar. Sets the bar really high. It was really hard to decide. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm super thankful for the industry that we have. Yeah. I used to say, you know, when we would go through in hotels, the uh, employee of the month or quarter or team of the quarter, you know, whatever, however a hotel does it. I always liked when we had a lot of nominations, a lot of really good nominations, right? It's a good problem to have. They have all these amazing stories of these people going above and beyond and really trying to figure out, you know, who embodies as many of these things that we're about. And sometimes yeah. those are intangible. You can't, they're yeah. hard to define. Um, Ethos, to be the model. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be the model by which, you know, you want other people to, to try and uh, emulate themselves. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was awesome. And I can't, I can't speak highly and, you know, uh, more highly of these people that just have taken the time They're you know, just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm lost for words. They're just amazing. <laughs> so you've had a, an interesting journey uh, because you started in hotels. And you still have a foot in that world, but you've mm-hmm. pivoted towards vacation rentals. Yeah. Uh, purposefully. Yeah. Purposefully. Yeah. Uh, wh- why? Why? What's that about? Well, it's, again, one of those long story short situations, but even when I was in the hotel world with Marriott and then, of course, going to the coast and working with boutiques and, and stuff like that, uh, my parents, you know, have, you know, properties and 
they had an unfinished apartment above their garage um, that was attached to their house. And they just said, look, we want to turn it into an Airbnb. We heard from a friend of a friend of a friend that this is really good. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, but they're not hospitality people. They didn't mm-hmm. think about, you know, amenities and how to describe the listing and, you know, how to give the pictures and the blah, 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 you know, all the back end stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I helped him out with it and it's been really successful. And so that kind of got me into it. And then the podcast, um, it was weird because I was doing all hotel and restaurant content in the beginning. And um, then I woke up one day and I had Google alerts for whenever the podcast was mentioned on Google. Yep. And I uh, woke up to a blog on the best vacation rental podcast to listen to. And mine was on there because I did oh. one episode, one episode <laughs> about <laughs> vacation rentals. Yeah. And, uh, and apparently it was a good one. And so I reached out to the company and got to know them and, you know, said, thank you for mentioning the podcast. And they're based out in Scotland, hmm. which then was a whole snowball effect of they introduced me to all these other people that created the series that I did, the 10 episode series. Oh, wow. And then I was already starting a business with my business partners on mm-hmm. vacation rentals. So it just kind of all fell into place naturally. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting progression. I mean, you know, we talked before the podcast about um, vacation rentals and what's going on right now, mm-hmm. the industry at large. But you know, I when when COVID kicked off, when was that? Back in March, um, yeah. I my wife and I went up to Canada, mm-hmm. and and just you know, we didn't really know what was going on. No, nobody did. Uh, so we just hunkered down for five weeks up there. Just wanted to see if, you know, the dust would clear yeah. and to, full disclosure, we're, we're from Canada. So, you know, we yeah. went up and yeah. stayed with family and we just, you know, we just hung out anyway, on our way back, we drove through, uh, Montana, Idaho and came back to Seattle and we stayed mm-hmm. at this Airbnb in Montana on the way back. Uh, and I got to say it was one of the most, most interesting, not just not just experiences, right? Because you can find cool amenities and design a great guest book anywhere. If you put a little bit of thought into it, a little bit of a Google search, just about anybody can do it, right? But it's more than that. It was this purposefully built, really well-designed space that took into account all of the things that you might need to do while you were staying there for a few days, more than just sleeping and showering and making food. They had a little business center and they had a little, you know, uh, an area where if you wanted to do some yoga or stretching, you could, and they activated the outdoor space around there. And it, it struck me at that time where I'd never thought before that stay that hotels could learn a lot from the vacation rental industry yeah. because there's so much cool stuff going on out there. Uh, and then obviously this COVID things persisted, yeah. but I can't get that out of my mind that hotels, those that are going to survive are going to be the ones that can pivot and not necessarily pivot towards vacation rental platforms or mm-hmm. the way of doing business, but getting inspired by the interesting, cool things that are going on in the vacation rental space, um, to, to come out of this in, in a, a different way. A hundred percent. And that's why I like talking with you because when we did have that conversation, you know, you're a 20 year veteran in the hotel space. And so you've seen the evolution of that segment of hospitality, right? You've seen how, what works and what does not work, especially for specific brands and markets and stuff like that. And so seeing that and then taking that experience that you had in Idaho, my thing is, did you automatically go to did you see a hybrid solution in your head? Absolutely. Hotel? Yeah, for sure. You know, we started seeing before this all kicked off, you know, Airbnb uh, started letting hotels into their network. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was I, just... My hotel, my hotel in Oregon was one of the first ones to get on the platform. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think, you know, from a, if you're looking at it just from a business and a distribution perspective, right? You want to have your hotel on as many sites as you can have it on because you want it in front of as many eyes as you can get it so that people book it. And that's part of the challenge in running a hotel, especially with revenue management is just managing all the channels out there, right? It's just, it's a, it's a nightmare. Um, But more than that though, I think the pivot that Airbnb was making into the hotel space, um, I'm, that's, probably slowed down. I'm sure that's going to ramp up again, you know, down the road. Um, I think it's, I think they're the ones that are going to drag the industry kicking and screaming in that direction. Uh, and 
the hotels that are going to be successful are the ones that recognize this is an opportunity for us to pivot uh, and, and do things a little bit differently. Yeah. I will tell you though, I'm a little scared and this is some like insiders, not insider stuff, but this is just some like vacation rental. This is some like talk. behind, behind the curtain talk yeah, behind the curtain <laughs> talk is that Airbnb, um, you know, has made a lot of mistakes with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a given for a lot of companies. I'm pretty sure we all made a mistake right when COVID happened, whether it was totally backing off and, or going totally full rampant and saying F it, we don't care what the, you know, you know, the, the, the side effects are, um, but they're switching to a full commission model to the host, which mm-hmm. right now it's a split fee, which the guest pays a certain percent and then 3% gets taken from uh, the host. Now they're switching full 15% to the host becoming mm-hmm. like, just like any OTA booking mm-hmm. Expedia, you name it. Um, Plus what they did with allowing full 100% refunds uh, with no, like obviously in the beginning it's kind of expected, but no like option to help, you know, guests want to get a credit for another future stay or helping the hosts that are depending on this, like paying their mortgages with these revenues. Um, No, you know, regard to, to them and really kind of like left burn the hosts like side of the things, you know, there's a, there's a, bunch of stakeholders in this industry. You have hosts, owners, property managers, guests, Airbnb, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm fearful that they may have burnt too many bridges with that. Mm-hmm. And so getting into the hotel world, um, and we've seen this, you know, and I think you have a lot of insight on this too, but like Hotels aren't even opening. I have a guest that's coming on the show and they're not expected to open until 2021, like after February, yeah. 2021. Mm-hmm. And their bill a month and just with just running their normal property the way it is with no staff, no nothing, no guests mm-hmm. is a million dollars. Yeah. Carrying costs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're 1200 rooms. Mm-hmm. So my, my thing is, okay. Hotels are already paying a ton in OTA commissions. Mm-hmm. Not that it's bad. Like you said, we need to be on every platform to get as many eyes as possible. But it's our job as hoteliers, as vacation rental property managers, as destinationaires is to get them to want to come back direct. Yeah. That's our job. They mm-hmm. were on the site for maybe 20 minutes or maybe they spent a week planning their vacation, but they're with you for a week yeah. or more or whatever. Yeah. It's our job that make the experience so good that we avoid having those commissions continue, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think it's interesting that that is a recognized need in both industries, mm-hmm. but nobody's really cracked the code yet. And yeah. my evidence for that is the growth and proliferation of OTAs. Yeah, If 100%. anybody cracked the code, they wouldn't have a business model. 100%. So it's, it's one of those things I think you're right. You, we, we keep evolving. We keep trying new things. It's our job to try to stay ahead of the curve uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. I mean, some of these hotels pay insane amounts of money to not only, not like, honestly, not only commissions, which can be like, you know, in the teens to in the 20%. Yeah. Huge amount of money. Right. So, you know, for those that don't totally get the way it works, like if you sold a room for a hundred dollars uh, on Expedia, and you had a 20% commission, you're not netting hundred dollars. You're getting $80, 80. Right? Like, like that's before costs, before costs. So that's really, yeah. it could really affect profit, but they're also, you know, in their bid to try to generate more direct bookings, they spend a ton of money online marketing mm-hmm. for their hotel or their destination against the OTAs. Mm-hmm. So they're paying commission and they're paying to market against the OTAs. Yeah. Right. There's a, it's a, just, you got to figure out like, where is my money most useful? Exactly. And um, I don't know if you heard the episode with uh, Sean in Australia with Open Pantry Podcast. You yeah. guys in that episode Yeah, I just had him on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know who he is. And he and I did a similar thing like you guys did. We did a crossover podcast like this one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the end of the day, I think we came to the conclusion. We're like, I think we overcomplicated the whole industry. Without a doubt. I think we compli- overcomplicated something. <laughs> you know, you have... You have a PMS, then you have a channel manager, and you have a mm-hmm. CRM, and all these other things. You're like, there's some, yeah. there's something, there's there's a little chunk of revenue 
going out to all these platforms, whether they're OTA or direct. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just fighting profitability and sustainability. I've always been amazed. And, you know, I mean, this is, I guess this is a a vote for capitalism. I don't know how, we don't don't need to go down that road. But like, it's always amazed me that there's someone who comes up with a business model that finds a way to siphon off a tiny percentage, right? Of between what's going on between you and your guest coming in. And, you know, five, 10 years ago, it, it was a couple of different companies you had to pay. And then suddenly, you know, messaging platforms come in yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, different, whatever, whatever. There's all kinds of them. So yeah, I mean, kudos to the people that are clever enough to come up with that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Apparently there's a lot of air in the system still. Seriously. And that's what I'm curious to see. I just had a guest on my show. Um, they're based out in Poland called Bidroom and, um, they're pretty, pretty, they're growing pretty well. And I know a lot of people that are connected with them from the vacation rental and hotel space. Um, and I'm curious to see, they've been operating for, I want to say a little over five years. So they've hit a comfortable mark. They're not like a startup anymore. Um, but they are on a subscription base for the guests. So no commission to the hotel, Mm -hmm. but they offer more value. That's where I'm starting to see the success in is that the guest feels like they're getting more, but they're only paying 29 bucks a month or Mm. whatever the the monthly or yearly fee is. Mm -hmm. So they're not only that, but they're also saving, they're getting discounts. They're getting extra perks and packages and stuff like that. It's like a, I would say if you're an independent boutique hotel, this is like your customizable rewards program mm-hmm. in a sense you know there were and they've been around five years you said so it, they've been around i think, a little I think it's i think it's seven but i think they really peaked in in five so they've been around longer than all of this has been going on mm-hmm. but it's an interesting thing to note that when 2008 2009 happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh there were a lot of things came out of that time yeah. right um obviously social media kind of exploded after that but you know you got you got the Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, um, all the all the meal delivery apps, like all that sort of sprung out of that time. We're going to have that level of seismic shift mm-hmm. after this is all said and done. Because I, I know there are a ton of people behind the scenes just trying to figure out like how can we morph our industries to replace the business that's not there anymore. Exactly. It's we find the gap in the market and this is another, not to pivot back to the destination air thing, but the, there's this guy who wasn't involved in the destination air, uh, award at all, but they have a, um, vacation rental management company in Georgia mm-hmm. and they looked at their biggest gap in occupancy and revenue mm-hmm. said, okay, where, when, when is this time? Which a lot of hoteliers do a lot of vacation rental management companies do. They found their gap. And it's like the last or second week of September. And they said, okay, we have a 7% occupancy across all our you know, hundreds of properties or whatever. Um, we need to find a way to fill it. Hmm. And instead of finding you know, other companies to do it, they created their own barbecue and blues you know, festival type deal. So oh, wow. the whole downtown, all the shops opened up, started barbecuing, playing music and dancing and all these things, right? These cool festivities. Yeah. And started just advertising. And that's where the community aspect came in. They provided value. They created something cool that they found the gap. They filled it. And now it's one of their most booked weekends they ever have outside of, and even on top of their busy season of like summer and other things. So I think what you're saying is why I bring that up is just because with the COVID, I think right now a lot of people are finding, okay, where's this gap? I see a gap here. I see a gap there. Is there any connections? Nope. No connections. Next, next, next. And they're just trying to find ways to fill it. And just like you said, it's going to be, big part of that cosmic shift. I think it will. Actually, that's interesting. There's something I want to get your take on uh, on the show regarding rates and revenue management in the vacation rental space. Um, what's been going on in the hotel space is, you know, that's if you look at the star data uh, through the last mm-hmm. quarter, uh, it's been, you know, it was slowly jumping up kind of as we left Memorial Day at the end of May and got through to the end of August. It's sort of slowly bounced up and it got to above 50% nationally, uh, occupancy wise, uh, two times in August. I think it was the second and third week of August, or it might've been the first and second. In any event, it's it now it started to decline again. Mm-hmm. 
But if you dig into the numbers, the top 25 markets in the country, so the big urban cores, they didn't even touch 50%. They were still in the 30s um, through the summer here. And now that summer's over and that leisure travel is declining, it's not getting replaced by business travel and group travel that usually goes into these urban centers, right? So we're going to, I think, and I don't want to get negative on this. I've talked about it enough, uh, but too much, but I think it's the reality is that, you know, we're, I think we're in for whatever, whatever uh, positivity and delirium was occurring in the industry as these numbers started to go up, that's going to start to fade off now that we're after Labor Day. So we'll see how people deal with that. Anyway, a long-winded way of getting to the point that I'm curious to know how vacation rental uh, owners and management companies are coping with that um, that shift in business and how you're tackling rate and revenue management. That's a good question. And we've seen a lot, kind of like the um, you know Star Report, um, that the bigger cities, New York, Seattle, you know, LA, whatever, the a lot of the majority cities aren't seeing as much traffic. And what we have seen with a lot of extensive data come out from like companies like AirDNA and all these like platforms that a lot of hosts use for their direct bookings and stuff um, is that the drive markets, the drivable, you know, staycations, 40 mile radius or more um, type deals are being successful because people are just tired. Like a lot of people are working from home. I, you know, yes, we've lost a lot of jobs in the United States, but I think uh, majority of people uh, or companies have been able to find ways to cut costs, aka offices, and keep employees. And so people are just wanting new scenery, and mm-hmm. they're working from home, um, but wanting to have maybe a nice spot where they can go out to nature or take the kids out on a walk in the evening or right. stuff like that. Right. Um, and it's not as scary to you know you can go with you you and your wife can go you know to Idaho and walk a park without having to wear a mask because there's nobody else there. Right. Right, Um, versus these big cities, there's people all over the place and you know how it is. So we're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of that, but my biggest thing, um, with rates is, you know, you can't, you can't, you, you can't create demand by dropping Mm -hmm. your rate. Mm -hmm. You can drop your rate to the lowest dollar possible, even if it meant you paying a guest to come into your, your, your property and you, you still won't feel it. But I think we, we've seen a huge growth um, uh, with vacation rental markets. We've, we've seen that as a proven method. A lot of people are just getting out. They're just tired of it. And so yeah, yeah. a lot of companies are actually coming out on top. The hotels, unfortunately, from what I've heard, uh, I had a buddy who manages and does this kind of you know, short-term rental um, arbitrage and gets all these listings and does really well for himself. They actually bought a hotel during this time. Yeah. yeah, and they, re- they renovated it, and they created a hybrid. No front desk, mm-hmm. no nothing. It's just housekeeping and maintenance team, and um, it's very personable, but not personal. It's kind of like that hybrid again, yep. and they're doing successfully well. They've had over a thousand reservations, and they oh, launched. Wow. Um, they launched uh, not too long ago. Yeah, wow, for them. A couple months, but you know they've already got over a thousand on the book. So we're seeing a lot of markets. Um, do pretty good and increasing like knowingly this has been a huge topic and I'm pretty sure you can touch on it too. High rev par and ADR does not equal profitability. Mm-hmm. If you are not operating at a cost that is substantial and providing still a good service, mm-hmm. then there's still no point. I can have the highest rev par in my city against all my competition, but if I have a rev bar of 190 and it costs me 160, exactly, and my my opponent is is costing them 70 and they're yep. getting a 180, mm-hmm. they're winning. That's right. So yeah, yeah. And so I think we're just seeing exactly, and I think we're seeing that really pick up right now. I think the uh, the the next interesting place that could could be marketed to. Especially in these drive destinations, these, you know, 45, 40, 45, 100 mile away from where you live. Yeah. You know, wherever everybody in Seattle goes to vacation, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Where does everyone in LA go to vacation? Everyone mm-hmm. in Atlanta, where do they go to vacation? Um, is the schoolcation where, you know, all mm-hmm. of the your kids are doing stuff online, the parents are working online. Yeah. That 
you know, it makes perfect sense. Well, why don't you all just go to an Airbnb or, or you know, not to, I'm agnostic on the vacation rental platform. Airbnb is it's like Google, right? At this point, yeah, it's like it's the very much. Uh, and a noun. Um, but, you know, you go get a vacation rental somewhere and you all can do your work from this cool place. And when you're off, you're in this, you know, great place. You can go, you know, do barbecue yeah. and blues or whatever, wherever yeah, you're yeah. at. Um, you know, I think that, I think that's the kind of thing that we're going to see uh, over the next six, nine, probably 12, probably through the school year, honestly. Yeah. Well, I, you and I talked uh, again off off record about, um, you know, the hybrid model and companies like Lodge that I was telling you about. Like, I think we're going to see a new age of hoteliers from mm-hmm. this too. Yeah, um, I think you're right. And, and not to be on vacationals, but they're going to start going toward keypad door entry and mm-hmm. instead of remote, instead of a mobile key and yeah. um, more community. Again, I can't preach this enough. The community aspect. Yes, we can't, you know, do big group events and other stuff, but building something that gives people to do that they all love, you know, it comes back to anticipated and shared experiences, right? Mm-hmm. If I book a lodge hotel, I know I'm going to have the opportunity to go hammock and to go bike riding or to skiing or kayaking or, you know, there's all these activities that yeah. other people around the world love doing mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're doing very well at that. Yeah. And so I think we're going to, and they're young. That's the, cool, the coolest part is like not enough uh, people in the industry are getting into it because we don't, I don't think we've portrayed the cool stuff that is actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Um, you know, the other the other big element right now in hospitality and travel is cleanliness mm-hmm. and safety oh, and cleanliness. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've all seen how hotels are, you know, they're advertising it and press pushing it and they all have their own version of the exact same program trying to score marketing points and, and, you know, mind share in, mm-hmm. in their customer base uh, around safety and cleanliness, which yeah. in my opinion has a limited runway. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only talk about that for so long um, before you got to get back to, you know, what you're all about. But how are vacation rentals coping with the need to be out there talking about cleanliness and the safety of the, the destination? Yeah, that's a, another another good question. And it makes me think of um, a couple of people specifically in the space that are very much preaching trust and confidence, right? Transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had so many conversations. Um, I'm pretty sure you heard of Josh Copel, who's been on mm-hmm. my show. Um, we're, we're talking about transparency in the industry and, and with each other, you know, being honest, like, you know, this month is really hard mm-hmm. or, you know, in April, we lost $124,000 from our main vacation rental. And I'll just say that out loud. Like, yeah. like being transparent about this stuff, like it's not easy, but yeah. what can we do with this transparency when it comes with each other and with the guests? And I think, uh, we're seeing a lot of cleaning certification stuff come out, um, which was one of the sponsors of the show. You know, uh, Jill Mason with VR Scheduler, she created a cleaning certification, teamed up with all these companies in the space and, you know, create a housekeeping relief fund, um, is doing all these things to portray trust and confidence. And instead of like hotels, you know, creating ads and videos saying, you know, this cleaning program and this is how we are going to deal with COVID and da, 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 da. Um, you know, vacation rentals don't have common spaces unless you're like a multifamily home building, but a lot of those aren't doing very well right now for obvious reasons, but single family homes and urban areas outside of cities are, are doing better because there is no common spaces. But then at the end of the day, we've seen people that display that on their listing, like we're cleaning certified filing, filing um, the CDC guidelines or blah, blah, blah. This is like, they just portray what they do and how they do it. And maybe update some pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their bookings are actually doing better than those that do not portray that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think just kind of being upfront and transparent about it is really what yeah, we're saying. You have to be, uh, are there any tools or, um, uh, services out there that vacation rental owners can, can go after to, I guess the, the the subtext of the question really is more about um, in hotels. Uh, yes, okay, they're always clean. Yeah, we know they're not always clean, but like yeah. the, you know, it's in, it's it's implied that they're clean, right? Uh-huh. And there are training the protocols. 
They did. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, they may, they're not hospital clean. Maybe, maybe some of them are getting close to that, you know, yeah. ish now for a while. Uh, but there are training protocols and there's partnerships with chemical companies and, you know, you have somebody maintaining all of your equipment and they buy these, these $800 vacuums and like, it's, it's expensive to run housekeeping in a hotel, yeah. uh, which is all the more frustrating when it's not done well. But anyway, they spend a lot of money on this stuff. What's going on in vacation rentals? Is there a place that like owners can go to emulate that a little bit? Um, actually, that's a, I'm glad that you brought that because I don't think so. And not that I've seen um, when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, like chemical partnerships and, and making sure that, you know, these are a lot of the operators and property managers really are those type that they, they order a lot of the stuff themselves. They're, you know, very independent as a very, you know, um, it's very operator. If yeah. That makes sense. And so, yeah. Yeah. um, finding uh, there's not really any companies that come and say, you know, like when you're a front, o- front office manager or whatever, and they, they come into the lobby and say, Hey, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so company. I want to exactly. you know, give you an example. You <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't have that. So I yeah. think, um, we're just, what we've seen really is just the back end operations, like softwares and platforms really developing a better system and creating these ways to get the cleaning process standardized and, you know, not automated, but mm-hmm. very detail oriented mm-hmm. um, to then, you know, cleaning certifications and uh, other things like that, um, that are really just kind of taking off with, with that side of the industry. Yeah. When this all kicked off, I learned something that uh, in, you know, almost 25 years in the industry, I never knew until six months ago. Uh, and, and it's that there's a list of, uh, chemicals on the EPA's website. And I actually, what I can do is link to it in the show notes that shows you what every commercial grade chemical is air quote approved or, uh, able to, which viruses and bacteria they're able to kill. I had no idea that this database was out there, but when this all kicked off, we're all, you know, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, is the whatever thing that we're using to clean our bathrooms, is that going to kill the virus? And you got to think early days, everybody was freaking out about it. We thought it lived on surfaces for days and you couldn't touch anything. And we all had wipes everywhere. And then nobody knew if the wipes did anything. Um, you know, and that, that update or the, sorry, that database is just constantly getting updated. Um, and, and that's a pretty valuable resource for people if they're looking to see what they're using is effective. Agreed. Yeah. It's, um, I think it just comes into right now. There's a overpopulation of tools and resources right now. Everyone's pushing content. Everyone is, um, you know, coming up with certain things. You know, cleaning programs and uh, X Y Z. That um, it just is. It's really going to take finding the right thing that's going to fit you guys and just feeling safe and comfortable with it yourself. Right. Yeah. What, exactly. Uh, what, and like knowing that it's not all surface based and it's air based. Okay. What can your housekeepers do when they're cleaning with each other? How can you keep your team safe? Um, you know, cause guests take on that risk of traveling with their family or whatever. And so, um, you know, as long as they're keeping themselves safe, but keeping your staff safe and how can they, you know, proper dude, when I was on the test sites for COVID-19 for the guard, mm-hmm. the biggest thing. So I've been trained in this for a while, but, um, the biggest thing for people is taking off gloves appropriately. Oh my so God, whether yeah. it lives yeah. on whether it lives on surfaces or not, mm-hmm. you're touching people with test swabs and noses and stuff, and who knows what who coughs, spits, bleeds, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking off gloves appropriately, and especially with cleaning, you're dealing with chemicals, you're dealing with other bodily fluids that may be in the property. So that's just kind of my biggest rant is like just yeah. learn how to take off your gloves appropriately and and do that um, and standardize it. Don't be afraid to say something to somebody like, "Hey, you're not taking your gloves off appropriately." increasing a risk of exposure, whether it's to COVID or something else. Yeah. Yeah. I'll find something I'll throw in the show notes too. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's super helpful. It's all yeah, these basic just, things that you take for granted. Like, oh, just exactly. exactly. No, you're throwing viruses everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's, um, what's, what are you thinking for the next six to nine months? I don't know. Part of me has been, I, I don't like being negative, but I have I have a feeling, you know, wave number two mm-hmm. and um, is going to come, which is going to suck. 
but then I also feel very strongly that at the end of the day, um, we're going to see the same thing that we saw with April and March, you know, it went to a low, but we pick back up Yeah, and I I'm hoping the same for hotels, man. That's like my biggest prayer, but I'm also thinking hotels. This is the time, like this is the pivot. This is the time to really rise to the tide, like get over those old mindset and ways of, well, this is how we do business and this is how the industry is and getting that out of our heads and really focusing on, all right, this is time to shake up the industry, maybe uncomplicate it a little bit yeah. Yeah. along the way. So Could that's my more. goal. Um, who knows, man, it's just, there's so many stakeholders and companies involved in the industry, yeah. um, you know, different segments of, of hospitality. So that's kind of where I'm at. What about you? What do you think? You know, I've been struggling not to get negative on it. Yeah. To be honest with you. Uh, and I don't want what I'm about to say to sound negative, but I just think it's the reality. I think it's important to look at what the, the current state is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the next six to nine months, um, vaccination or no vaccination, um, it's it's there's a lot that's still yet to shake out. You know, I I do believe there's there's a pretty big financial crisis coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you've got a lot of hotels that can't pay their bills, and at some point, that's that's going to come home to that rooster's going to come home to roost. Yeah. Um, there will be fallout from that. There's no doubt about it. There can't not be. Um, yeah, I think true. the, uh, I think the fact that all of these, there's a lot of businesses in downtown cores are saying, go work from home. Uh, you don't need to come back into the office and that's going to be the case for the next year or more. Um, we're already seeing, you know, if you, if you come to downtown Seattle, you're already seeing four lease signs on storefronts on busy streets that had thousands of people going by every single day. You have restaurants that had essentially fail safe business models serving everybody that works in this tower that has, you know, four or 5,000 people in it every single day serving soups and sandwiches, national chains gone. And gone like a while ago when this was just kicking off, right? So that all still needs to work through the system. So, you know, I I think as that stuff starts to happen, exactly what you're talking about now, the innovative ideas, that's that's the 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 crucible where this stuff is gonna gonna Mm -hmm. come out. Um, you know, and then you know, who knows what's gonna happen next summer. I mean, hopefully we can start getting to a little bit of normalcy. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a rough couple quarters, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. No, and I, I, I just, my, again, and on top of what you said, I want to see the, I want to see the industry unite and come together and let's put, put brands aside, put loyalty programs aside, put boutique, not boutique, luxury, non-luxury, whatever, put it yep. aside and let's come together and figure this out. Like let's stop hurting each other by mm-hmm. dropping our rates and saying, well, I'm going to get occupancy and I don't care how low I make my competition drop rates or whatever. Like yeah. we, we got to, at the end of the day, this is our industry, mm-hmm. and I think we got to fight for it. This is this is probably just brings the show full circle. And I know you got to run, but uh, you know it's about it, it. This is about the destination, right? It's about mm-hmm. everybody banding together to support a place that not only you know has you know businesses and and, and jobs um, and you know hotels and vacation rentals, restaurants, yeah. whatever. Hospitality. Um, hospitality. But it it's it's about the collective and communal survival of an industry in in all of the regions around the country. Um, and it's gonna take everybody coming together to make that happen, to come up with the ideas of uh, of different events that we could put on for our locals. It's, you know, it's time for hotels to embrace the five feet around them and not say, hey, yeah. locals, no, you can't come in and use our gym because you're not a uh, maybe a bad example now because nobody's using gyms, but you get my point. Um, yeah. You're not a guest, so you can't come into this building. That It's the neighborhood around you that's going to keep your doors open. That's where your revenue is going to come from because nobody's flying here in yeah. any appreciable numbers. And that number is going down, not up right now. So yeah, I, uh, I, think, I think destination support is where it's at. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. I kind of said it better myself. That's the perfect way to describe it. And just the you know, there's a reason why we live where we live. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a reason why you moved to Seattle. There's a reason why you're staying in Seattle. There's a reason why people live in their city. Um, 
And the biggest thing that I've been saying is like your favorite places in town, your favorite coffee shop, your favorite special place to go take your wife or, you know, your favorite place to walk your dog. Those are going to be your guest favorites too. If you showcase it and showcase your neighborhood, exactly your community. And so, um, yeah, like you said, this, it's all about the destination and supporting each other and just kind of saying, all right, what can we do? Love it. Start with yeah. destination air and with destination air. Boom. Look at that. And that wasn't yeah. even planned. That just happened. No, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, if, well, if anybody wants to find you, uh, where do they go? Since we're talking, uh, so, so this is yeah. for the Proven Principles podcast. Will yeah. Slickers, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, they can find me at www.slicktalkthepodcast.com. You can find me at Facebook at Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Um, Instagram at Slick Talk Pod, same as Twitter. And um, yeah, I'm also on LinkedIn. So Will Slickers, Will with one L. I'll, I'll send you all my links. But yeah, I'm everywhere, anywhere. I love this conversation. Uh, for all my slick talkers out there, where can they find yeah. you, Adam? Because you've well, been on the show now four I, times. Now four times, yeah, four time yeah. guest. Am I the first four timer? You're the first. It's going to be like like an SNL club where uh, <laughs> you know well, and the number of times you host. Well, I was going to say not to even kind of go off topic again, but like hey, you know, we started with the destination and with the destination thing, and we're talking about community and people really embracing their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing the same thing in the podcast world, especially with hospitality. This is yeah. the third cross third crossover. Yeah. I've been on yeah. with or done, you know, yeah. Josh Copel, you, myself, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to see a big increase in that too. So I'm actually kind so of too. excited. Yeah. It's about support for everybody in the network. Or in yeah. The I think, yeah. Yeah. So all uh, proven principle listeners and slick talkers out there, I think uh, you're going to hear a lot more of stuff like this. So I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, if anybody wants to find uh, more about the show, just go to theprovenprinciples.com. You can find everything about the show, past ones, show notes. Um, Me and my company, uh, you can find me at knowinghospitality.com. That's my uh, official company, hotel uh, management consulting company. Um, But uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're online, we're everywhere. You type in one of those things in one of your services, you'll find me. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I want to do a more dive in on, on knowing hospitality once we get a, a second opportunity to record. But Anytime. I think uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you back on the show and to be on yours. You too. So thank you. you too, Will. Thanks so much for this. This is great. Of course. My pleasure. All right. Have a good one, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to get in touch with Will, you can head over to his podcast website, slicktalkthepodcast.com. As for me, you can find past episodes and show notes at knowinghospitality.com. And don't forget to leave a review and a rating for the show. It just helps us produce better content and it helps the show get found by other listeners. So it would really help us a lot. means a lot if you have two seconds to go out and do that. Thanks again for listening to the show today. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast with Adam Knight. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. The podcast is brought to you by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management company that puts your performance first by rethinking the management model. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Until next time.